Well, good morning again, again. Sorry, we're having some technical problems this morning, but uh, I think we're sorted now. I'm just waiting on a wee wave from my technical people. Well, good morning. Welcome to worship from Creef Parish Church this second Sunday of Christmas. Whenever we in the church think or speak of Christmas, we have in mind the epoch-making event by which God, the eternal Son, became a human being in Jesus Christ. But God went beyond that event to its announcement to the whole world. And as the Christmas story leads into the story of the life of Jesus, the gospel show us how the world responds. We see that response in the shepherds and in the magi, in Herod the Great, and as the moderator Martin Fair shared last Sunday, we see it in Simeon and Anna. And the New Testament goes on to speak of the response of the Jewish people and their religious and political leaders, of the disciples and the later church leaders like the apostles Paul and John. And these responses were varied, ranging from acceptance to rejection, from the Magi's desire to come and and worship Jesus to Herod's determination to destroy him. Now, you might say that the whole of the New Testament consists of responses to God's mighty act in Jesus Christ. And since September, having made the journey from creation to Christ over the next few weeks, as we continue that journey from the events of Christmas through Epiphany and on to Easter, I'm planning to make an overview of the Gospels that we too may make our informed response to the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, who is... Emmanuel, God with us. Now, to lead us into our worship today, as you may already have heard, today we have our band who have a new recording made from their homes, from the squalor of a borrowed stable, by the spirit and a virgin's faith, to the anguish and the shame of scandal, came the saviour of the human race.
God, we have come together at the start of a new year, and we've come to worship you, for you alone are worthy of our worship and praise. It's from you that we have the gift of life and all that sustains it. It's from you that we have hope, not just for this earthly life, but through the gift of your Son, Jesus the Christ we have hope of life everlasting. Beginning on this earth which you have created and then in heaven where we will be united with all who love you and where we will join with the angels who sang praises in the sky over Bethlehem all these many years ago. On this second Sunday of Christmas, we come together in our homes and we gather here in this building, remembering all that you have done for us over these past extraordinary 12 months, all the ways you have guided and taught us, the times you have offered us strength and support, the occasions you've specially surrounded us with your love and compassion, even when we could not meet in person with one another. You have been with us in all the challenges we have faced, and as never before, we've been thankful for those who have cared for the sick, for the dying, for the bereaved. Never as before, as never before, we're thankful for those who have worked hard to break down the barriers of loneliness and isolation. We've been thankful for those who have fed the hungry and clothed the naked, for in doing that for others, they did it for you. We give thanks for those who have made possible our daily living by opening shops and making deliveries to our homes, those who have maintained essential services, those who have taught our children, and yes, those who have prayed for and with us and have helped us to read your word and to worship at home, and though in limited numbers and without songs on our lips, also as we take times to gather together in church. Lord, you have been at our side, and so we are still able to thank you for all this past year has brought us. The experiences shared, the friendships made and strengthened, the lessons learned, 
the obstacles overcome. As we move into this new year, we ask your help in everything that the weeks and months ahead shall hold. All the challenges we shall face, the opportunities we shall glimpse, the initiatives we shall begin, the successes we shall achieve, and yes, the disappointments we shall endure. Living God, receive our praise, and may the Holy Spirit continue within us, walking by our side so that in good or bad, success or failure, joy or sorrow, we may walk with you and work for your kingdom until that day when Jesus comes again and we are one with you and all your people for all eternity. And so, as those redeemed in Christ, we pray as Jesus taught his friends, saying the words on the screen, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. 
Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. This has, without any stretch of the imagination, been a difficult year that we've just come through. We've all had to adjust to rapid change. We've all had to learn to do things differently. My ministry colleagues and I have had to relearn overnight how to do ministry during a pandemic. And we've had to develop entirely new skill sets along the way. And in fact, over the past nine months or so, we've been able to do some pretty remarkable new things freed from the former routines and expectations. Here in Creef, we've had services every week and all through Holy Week, services that we could watch first on Facebook and then on YouTube, and services to listen to by telephone and by listening to podcasts. There have been times that some of our congregation have come together for coffee and chats on Zoom. We did that most weeks after our Sunday worship and for several months during the week as well. We've put out monthly broadsheets by email and post and hand delivery, as well as a few other emails to our congregation. We've distributed these along with prayer and Bible notes from just outside the St. Andrew's building here. The congregation have been contacted regularly by phone and by post and by email by our elders and by myself, as well as the Guild and the Friday Club keeping in contact with one another. We've run an Alpha course online, and we've tried other new things as well. Here in Creef, we've seen the start of the Cap Southern Debt Centre, which we in the parish church run in Creef along with some of the other local churches. And our leadership team have 
learned how to meet using Zoom. And they've adopted Creef Connections as a mission project of our congregation. That work developed from the family work done several years ago when working as our family engagement leader Elizabeth and a small team of church folks began working together and now have opened the Creef Connections hub in the high street, which provides a safe place of welcome, a school uniform bank, a community fridge, free use of computers and Wi-Fi. It provides volunteer coordination in the town as well as befriending. And at Christmas, some 200 gifts were distributed to people around the parish, as well as many Christmas dinners. During the weeks of Advent, some of our congregation welcomed Mary and Joseph, who were doing an Advent journey from home to home, along with a box of things to reflect upon and a candle with which to anticipate the coming of the Christ light. And even though we can't safely sing together when we gather in church, some of our congregation participated in a blessing for the Perthshire Christmas Box 2020 event, with families around the town and beyond receiving lovely gold Christmas boxes filled with all sorts of goodies to enjoy during and after the event itself. If you got one of these boxes, I hope you enjoyed the contents. And in Advent, we were able to hold an almost fully booked walk through Carol Festival on various dates before Christmas, where there were some fabulous and challenging models created by groups and individuals in our congregation and in the town, which illustrated popular carols that folks were able to listen to as they looked on these displays. And we've even managed to resume in-person worship. And thanks to Creef Connections, you're watching this service today, for there are now cameras and video streaming technology in the St. Andrew's building, which we're able to use and which we hope others in the community will soon be able to use too. I think you will agree it's been a busy year. It's been a hard year, yes, but there have been lighter moments too. In our family, we've had to adjust how to enjoy times of celebrations. For instance, for Ruth's 15th birthday, which happened in April just after lockdown, during the height of lockdown, we all dressed up. We put on our glad rags and we made the best of what we had. And there I was in my tux, eating a bowl of macaroni and cheese. You make the best of what you've got. But then, sadly, Elizabeth and I were not able to get away or celebrate with family and friends our 25th wedding anniversary in November. And it was my parents, June and Jim, it was their 60th wedding anniversary on Christmas Eve, and neither of my brothers nor I could see them, nor could we gather with them or Elizabeth's mum on Christmas Day, for that would have meant travelling too far and out with the tiny window of opportunity and risking the spread of the COVID virus. So we have thought of them and celebrated, not in their presence, but celebrated these anniversaries and that special day. 
That said, I quite like the fact that Christmas 2020 has not been normal. Because in a way, it has taken us right into the heart of the Christmas story, which is anything but normal. Just think, the story tells us of an unmarried young woman. It speaks of an angel appearing to this young woman, announcing news to a virgin of a miraculous conception. It tells us of the girl's fiancé having strange, troubled dreams. It tells us of this young couple following the authorities' travel instructions and making a difficult journey to register in a tax census. It tells us of a socially distanced and isolated young woman giving birth among animals. And more angels. And shepherds who were in the fields near Bethlehem looking after lambs that would soon be sacrificed in the temple in Jerusalem. It tells us about finding temporary accommodation of a strange star in the sky, of a toddler, a wee boy being visited by magi from another land and receiving three expensive and seemingly inappropriate gifts. It tells us of another dream, of a young family fleeing to a foreign land to escape the slaughter of young boys of their becoming refugees in an alien land, and finally returning home after a political regime change. What a tumultuous few years that couple, that young family went through. Almost nine difficult months since lockdown began, we find ourselves still living with restrictions on movement and activities. And as we see day by day, and we'll hear on our news bulletins, the infection rates are climbing higher than ever. In the manse, just before Christmas, we joined the growing ranks of those experiencing isolation due to COVID infection. While in town, and around the country, shops and restaurants are shut. Many businesses sadly have folded and folks have lost their incomes. Many families are experiencing unemployment and financial and food poverty. And although churches can still be open, numbers attending, like those at weddings and funerals, remain restricted. And what we can actually do together is quite limited. Despite the good news about the recent availability of new vaccines, any lingering hopes that we would be back to normal in a couple of months, as we were told last year, have long since evaporated. Barring a miracle, this is not going to be over soon. And so as we have moved through the seasons of Advent and Christmas, as we come in now into a new year, on to the season of Epiphany, 
we do still experience a significant shaking of pretty much everything that we have grown accustomed to, all that we have become comfortable with, even in many cases come to depend upon, with one very significant exception. Our Father, the God we worship, the God who created us, who sustains us, and who loves us, has not been shaken. He will never be shaken, for He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is on His throne. God is in control. And none of this stuff that we've gone through comes as a surprise to him. As he did that first Christmas, and as he has done so often in history, God is working out his plans and purposes in and through this difficult and challenging time. And friends, for that, we have cause to rejoice. the planets Jupiter and Saturn could be seen appearing to pass each other. You see it in this picture on your screens just now. It's an astronomical event known as the Great Conjunction, and it's something which occurs about every 20 years or so. But what made it so special this year was that it's nearly 400 years since the planets aligned this close to each other in the sky 
and nearly 800 years since it occurred from our perspective at night. Now, of course, the planets remain hundreds of millions of miles apart in space, but from our perspective, these two great gas giants appear to be very close together. I read that they appear to be just a tenth of a degree apart on the winter solstice, 21st December. Some folks have suggested that this converging of the sunlight reflecting from these planets may even have been the Christmas star followed by the Magi and which appeared over the little town of Bethlehem. Many years ago, one of my lecturers at New College at the University of Edinburgh, Dr. David Lyle, was preparing our cohort of ministry candidates to deal with times of bereavement, of turmoil, of loss. And David observed that such an experience can be likened to a stream suddenly becoming blocked or changed blocked and changed from its normal flow. Perhaps land falls into the water and the water begins to build up and it begins to, to swell and it begins to swirl and form a vortex. That kind of experience can also happen when two streams join together and eventually form a river. There's a period of converging that goes on. If you've ever watched this, you may have noticed that this is often a place of turbulence, of rough water, of that whirlpool seemingly going nowhere, round and round and round. Sometimes there's even areas of stagnation in the water. When we're caught up in that experience of loss or grief, when we move in and out of these whirlpools, being caught up in the vortex or experiencing perhaps times of calm and stillness in the middle, only to be caught up again, we're just like these streams converging. But as David said to us in New College, water always, always finds a way through, a new way through. Its path is different and changed, but it always finds a way through after the process of convergence comes the, the confluence, the smoother flow of this new body of water continuing on its new alignment. And what is true of water is also true of us. No matter the thing that halts and brings turmoil to our life, with God's help, we emerge and we go on, albeit changed, and in a new direction. This has been a season of challenge, but also a season of potential. I believe that the abrupt halt to normality we all experienced early last year has given us a time when God has been speaking to those of us in His church. During these months when we have been unable to physically gather together, to come together at all except online or by phone, 
or as we can do now in limited numbers in our buildings for restricted purposes. During these months, God has been calling His church streams to converge with His flow, with His stream, to seek Him out and to align ourselves fully with His priorities, with His plans, so that we may flow on with Him in perfect confluence in the direction that He wants us to go. Not in the direction we have been going or the direction we, should, we think we should be going, but going on in confluence with God in His direction. There may well be turbulence. There may be rough waters. There may even be times of stagnation. But if we converge and align with God, we will achieve confluence and flow smoothly on with Him. In this new year of 2021, the ongoing season of Christmas, the coming season of Epiphany, are pregnant with great challenge and great potential. For they offer us an opportunity to, to reset, to rest, to simplify, to reevaluate spending time in the Father's presence, listening to God's whisper as He lays out His strategies and blueprints for His people in the weeks and months ahead. Yes, the past nine months have changed us, and we cannot expect to reach Christmas 2021 unchanged, either as individuals or as the church. One of the earliest stories we read about Jesus is that he went into the desert after his baptism, and there in the desert he spent 40 days fasting and resisting temptation. And then at the end of that time, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and he began his ministry, and he turned the world upside down. We read that in Luke chapter 4. And these past nine months have given us an opportunity as individuals and as the church to, to kind of spend time in the desert. And as we've been there in 2020, and as we continue there in 2021, my prayer is that we will continue to meet with God in fresh and powerful ways. That we will take this time to reevaluate and to reset our priorities. Recognizing those familiar things that are holding us back from fulfilling our purpose and our destiny. And if necessary, being willing to lay these things down to leave them behind in the desert, willing to embrace the new things that God wants us to pick up as we enter this new season, even if these are radically different to what we've grown familiar and comfortable with in the years before. This will be a process. It won't happen overnight. 
but by going through a process of purifying and refining the church here in Creef and the church across Scotland will emerge from this desert experience in the power of the Spirit as the dynamic, powerful, Spirit-led, Spirit-filled society impacting, kingdom-expanding people that God created and intended us to be ready and willing to go and make disciples of all nations, starting where we are, right here in Creef. What a thought to take us on into this new year, that God is at work, and God chooses to do that work through you and through me. So may God bless you as you spend this special time with Him. And may you and I hear clearly from Him. Amen. Well, we are approaching the end of the season of Christmas. Next Sunday as the church in the West marks Epiphany Sunday. And as the church in the East celebrate their Christmas Day, I hope to share some of the sights and the sounds of our recent walk-through carol service to lead us into that next part of our journey that has brought us from creation to Christ and which will take us on to Easter. So wherever we are, let's come together to worship at 11 o'clock next Sunday. And we close our time today with the blessing and then with another great celebratory Christmas carol. So first let us pray and then if you're at home, we'll sing together. May the God who gave us the past year and the Savior who walked at our side each day and the Spirit who filled us with life abundant grace this coming year with safety, with peace, with hope, and with joy. Amen. Oh!